0: And Welcome to the first episode of season three of the RN Mentor Podcast. I have the great pleasure uh, today to be speaking to Dr. Stephen Ferrara. Uh, He is a practicing nurse practitioner with over 20 years of clinical experience. He is Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs and Associate Professor at Columbia University School of Nursing. Dr. Ferrara has held various elected uh, leadership positions in the state's nurse practitioner organization and was appointed executive director of the NPA by its board of directors. He has been instrumental in championing a number of pieces of legislation in New York State to increase patient access to care. He is also the interim executive director of Jonas Nursing and Veterans Healthcare. Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Doctoral Nursing Practice, and Region 2 Director for the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Dr. Ferrara holds a passion for healthcare technology and integrating evidence-based practice into daily practice. He was awarded the American Association of Nurse Practitioners New York State Award for Clinical Excellence inducted as a fellow of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, a fellow of the New York Academy of Medicine, a fellow of the National Academies of Practice, and a fellow of the American Academy of Nursing. He is also the founder and moderator of NP Chat, a weekly Twitter chat for nurse practitioners, which I highly recommend. I will have the link for you at, at uh, on the website, so please make sure... Uh, you give uh, the chat and Dr. Ferrara a follow. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ferrara. Uh,
1: thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh,
0: so fantastic uh, to have you uh, uh, on the show. Uh, I have known you for not that long, uh, maybe going about a year.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, about a year.
0: a year. Yeah, about a year. Uh, so, uh, so happy to have you here, um, just like we do with uh, all my previous guests. Uh, I want to uh, get started with how you got started in the profession of nursing to where you are now. And uh, from what I see, that's a lot of fellowships. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of fellows. Uh, So you've done something right. So let's talk about how you got into the profession of nursing.
1: Apparently so. Uh, So I had been uh, always wanting to be in the healthcare professions uh, and Uh, I'll be very honest, I wasn't sure exactly what it is I wanted to be. Um, You know, and I kicked around all of the healthcare professions from physician to pharmacist to physical therapist to all of these other sort of, you know, very important uh, roles in the healthcare system, but still not necessarily having, you know, any direction. So I found myself in college as a, a biology major. Again, w- uh, under the assumption that I was going to do something in healthcare, and I will say I, I did not um, knock off in college. You know, I was I was a good student, but you know, I I wasn't necessarily still convinced what I wanted to do, and I found myself graduating with this uh, biology. Uh, major with a chem minor and not really having any direction. and I give credit to my aunt. Uh, my aunt is a registered nurse and had always been whispering in my ear or maybe screaming in my ear, uh, going <laughs> to nursing and and I was I, I didn't know the the role of nursing. Um, i I really was unaware. so, you know, I've, I've graduated college at this point. I said, okay, I need to do something. I became a medical assistant. Um, I became an emergency medical technician. And I said, you know, I want to get involved in, in patient care in some aspect. And I want to learn more about the profession of nursing. And I did, and I loved it. And you know, the rest is, is, uh, is history. Uh, I, I returned back to school, and I fortunately had all the science prerequisites, um, so I was able to do an accelerated baccalaureate program, um, and I knew I wanted to become a nurse practitioner, so I did work full-time uh, while I was going to NP school. Uh, I did med surge ortho for you know a year and a half while I, w- I worked every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 12-hour shifts. Um, while I was going to uh, NP school. And I knew that I wanted to be in a position where I could help educate patients, um, and I could help make healthcare decisions with them. And that was really, really important to me. So that started my, you know, sort of nursing, nurse practitioner career. And as I was a, an NP, I worked in various primary care settings. I, I had said to myself, I I I feel like I want to do more from a systemic level. You know, I want I want to improve healthcare beyond the one one on one patient provider relationship. And I found myself, you know, going in areas of you know administration and getting involved at a um, you know a, a administrative level. And um, you know, went back to school, got my DNP, and. You know, yada yada yada. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great.
0: Now, I now you mentioned you went from from your accelerated baccalaureate programs. Did you go straight into a nurse practitioner program? Like did I you did. finish one and go straight into, cause I have, I have, you know, I have, uh, uh students, uh, in, in, at my university that have always asked, like, should I do a couple of years of experience and then go into right. an NP program, or do you think I should go straight into an MP program? Can you talk
1: a little bit about that? Maybe the pros and cons of doing something like that. Sure. And it's very controversial. It's, it's, it's as much controversial today as it was back 21, 22 years ago when I did it. And, you know, I think it's not for everyone and that's not to say that I am better than anyone else, but I think, um, I, I think if you start out with a mindset of what you want to do, once you figure it out, what it is you want to do, um, it, it becomes easy and I never minimize the role of a registered nurse, you know, and I do believe I spent my time in the trenches. Um, you know, working as a registered nurse, um, but but I knew that I wanted to be able to be an advanced practice nurse, and um, I, I was able to work through that. And you know, I, I I think there are advantages and disadvantages. You know, I I'd like to think I'm talking about myself. You know, I did have three years experience in the healthcare related professions, you know, at, at, a, at a technical level, as an EMT, as a medical assistant. So I had at least some, you know, I was familiar with, with uh, terminology, with settings, and, and having been responding in emergency medical situations. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, at the time I didn't know that, uh, but, but I thought it was, you know, ultimately great experience. And while, you know, I am not comparing a nurse to a medical assistant or an emergency medical technician, um, you know, the roles are different, but there's definitely overlap. And that exposure for me um, allowed me to transition, you know, uh, from the RN role to the student NP role and, and then beyond. Um, I, I think there, there continues to be controversy. And I will say I have, you know, mixed thoughts on, on accelerated programs. And, you know, I, I I will say this, it is not for everyone. Um, There are no shortcuts there. There is no way to, you know, sort of, you know, do something quicker if, if, uh, if you're not ready to do it. But, um, you know, I think it takes a lot of um, reflection on the student and figuring out what it is they want to be. And, you know, again, I, I had already been, you know, through college my first time. I'd like to think I was a little bit more mature um, at, at, at that point. So I had at least some worldly knowledge that I was able to apply, you know, in my studies as I was becoming an advanced practice nurse. Uh,
0: and and, and that, it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, um, teaching uh, some of the accelerated students myself, uh, i find that uh, they tend to draw on their previous college experience right they mm-hmm. have their study habits down they have uh, uh, sort of uh, certain certain um, habits that actually help them through the process they come in there with the understanding that they're going to be um, and it's not it's not a regular load of uh, of uh, of coursework it's it's additional right, right? than what yes. normally in a generic program we'll see we kind of front load them, back load them, every which way we kind of pile it on. Uh, but because, right. well, and we hope that, you know, their previous experience, successful experience in college has actually uh, helped, will help them be successful in the program. And I know there's programs out there that aren't as choosy who they bring in, but I think those programs, right. you need to be choosy because you want the students to be successful uh, based on, based on how they've, how they've gotten to that point. So I think that, there's a definitely a component there where we need to be more selective as to who we need to be not, I don't want to say selective, uh, more realistic as Mm -hmm. to the people who can complete the program and individuals who may benefit better from a longer program, because they're not, they're not taking like 20 units a semester or 20 plus units, however many units it is.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it was an interesting experience, uh, uh in in my in my program you know we were all sort of type a personalities oh, yeah you know? definitely we, we would go through that you know that first test and oh i got two wrong and you you know look up in your textbook and you know trying to get those extra points and i mean it was it was a little bit um much at the time but you know we were all you know wanting to be successful wanting to understand and And wanting to become nurses, you know that that's what we wanted to do. and and I agree fully, you know, there's there's a lot of talk at the national level about standardization of programs and 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 have meeting some sort of, I'm going to use the term minimum requirements as to what you need to do in order to become an advanced practice nurse. And, you know, we're not, there hasn't been consensus yet. Um, What I will say is, you know, and I don't, I don't purport to know all the, all the, the, the evidence and data, but there has not been to my understanding, um, you know, any concrete evidence that shows that, you know, an accelerated uh, nurse practitioner has, you know, worse uh, uh, career trajectory or worse outcomes than their counterparts who went to the more traditional um, method. So right. you know, I I, I think um, the wonderful thing about nursing is that there's so many entry points, and I think the hard thing about nursing is that there are so many entry points. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. it, it leads it leads to a lot of variation and a lot of um, lack of standardization.
0: Right, uh, and I usually, I mean, I I'm not a nurse practitioner. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, I went a different route uh for i i got my um uh my master's in uh in nursing education and mm-hmm. i've always been sort of education and i just followed that path um but i always uh, whenever I, my students ask me should i go straight into it into uh from getting a bachelor's straight into a mp program i always i always say well it depends right mm-hmm. it depends mm-hmm. uh on um on how much you want to do. Because I always feel uh, you go into an MP program, if you go straight out of a bachelor's program, you almost go in at a little bit of a disadvantage because you have your colleagues that may be in that class with you will have years of experience behind them. Right, And it just means you have to do more work, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, some of the stuff that may be second nature to them is not second nature to you yet, and you just have to do that extra work. If you're willing to put in the time, uh, I think uh, we've had some incredible nurse practitioners come out of, at least that I know personally that come out of the program, and they've been very successful. They're incredible nurse practitioners, but they knew the work that they had to put in,
1: right? Right. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, to your point. Yeah. Yeah, this is not, how can I become a nurse practitioner the fastest way possible? Um, the, th- th- you know, that, that is not the right mindset, um, to go into this profession because there is a lot that you must know. There's a lot of work that you need to do in order to become a competent and, um, you know, prof- proficient nurse practitioner.
0: Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, I'm going to bring up a point where, uh, I've, I've got, I've had my own discussions and viewpoints on this, uh, and, um. So looking at, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, controversy out there as far as the scope of practice, right. For, mm-hmm. From a nurse mm-hmm. practitioner pers- perspective. Um, so scope of practice, uh, talking about, and there's definitely a number of physicians out there that are, uh, um, lobbying against nurse practitioners having full mm-hmm. and independent scope of practice. Um, right. and we know that evidence doesn't really support that, but that doesn't stop them from trying to, uh. Not allow that to happen. So, about half right. the states in the U.S. right now have full scope or a version of full scope um, that they have allowed um, during the pandemic. We've had we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of relaxation of things uh, for nurse practitioners where they ha- they are more independent and are able to practice. Um, <clears throat> so, talking about that, uh, um, what is what do you consider full scope? and what how would you counter the argument that uh sort of physicians are making uh saying uh that you haven't had the same level of training so you shouldn't have the same scope of practice where well, i don't see it as the same so- scope of practice as physicians but they do and that's right. the argument that they move forward with um what is your what, what is your uh, sort of perspective on mm-hmm. nursing for nurse practitioner scope of pre- full scope of practice and what physician scope, what's,
1: how do, how do you differentiate the two? Cause I yeah, know there's overlap, and
0: it, obviously,
1: the, and, and there's overlap. And I think at the end of the day, um, it's knowing that nurse practitioners practice as nurse practitioners, uh, we're not physicians. We don't want to be physicians. Um, we want to uh, practice advanced practice nursing and physicians practice medicine. And, you know, at the very core, that's That's the difference. Is there overlap? One hundred percent, there's overlap. Um and you know, are nurse practitioners being used where physicians used to be um, uh, you know, employed? Sure. But you know, what the way it's supposed to be is that, you know, n- uh, the physicians are supposed to be able to take on um the higher acuity cases that requires, that expertise of years and years of, you know, additional practice hours. That's not to say that nurse practitioners can't handle higher acuity patients. Um, it's, it's we have yet to harmonize, um, the, 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 all the various professions outside of medicine you know, and I, you know, we could talk about, uh, nurse practitioners and physician assistants and, you know, pharmacists and psychologists who, who can prescribe. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it should be a very multidisciplinary approach to healthcare. Um, but at the end of the day, it still is, you know, one profession wanting to be the captain of the ship. Right. Right. As, as far as, you know, the different States, this is what never made sense to me. Um, you could go to school in, you know, I'm going to use uh, uh, Vermont as a state. You could go to, you know, Vermont, do your transition to practice hours, and you're a full practice authority nurse practitioner. Uh, you have a change in your family situation, and you say, oh, I need to, tr- I need to move to Texas, right? Um, you move to Texas, which is a known as a, you know, restricted practice state. Um, and all of a sudden, everything that you could do in Vermont is different. And you need, you know, co-location of you and your collaborating or supervising physician. And you need all of these other hoops that you need to, to jump through. And nothing changed. You are still the same person. You are still the same person with the same knowledge that you had, you know, when you were practicing in the Northeast. And now all of a sudden, you you have... You're, you, you have to do something different. And, and that's what really doesn't make sense. And and I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, scope of practice. And I I I, I dislike the term scope of practice. It it, it it automatically sets off like, oh, you're trying to expand your scope of practice. You're trying to do something you weren't educated and trained to do. I don't want to do anything outside my scope of practice. I want to practice at you know the the terminology is at the at the you know full uh breadth of my license i want to be able to do it, everything that i've been uh, educated and trained to do in a in a in a in a setting that you know i have a, a a license and a national board certification that shows that i'm competent to do so and that's what really doesn't make a lot of sense to me so you know each state has to um, have that discussion, the states who are not full practice authority, and they have to have their own, um, you know, bills go through their respective state legislatures. And, and that's, that's where we're at. So it's, it's really hard because you can have a very, you know, state that nurse practitioners can, you know, and, and here's the other thing that I will say, this is not about nurse practitioners opening up their own practices, right. And, you know, competing per se against another profession, um, because Lord knows um, owning a practice is not easy <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, y- you could see you could see how you know the traditional practice has has largely gone away and been you know absorbed by these large hospital systems and you know whether that's right or wrong that that could be a whole nother discussion um but you know this is not about um opening up, Your own practice. This is about being able to do a job for the patients that I see and not make it harder for that patient to get care from me or take exponentially longer to get an approval of something that's fully within my training and education of, you know, signing off on a physical. And there are some forms, you know, some federal forms that, I mean, it is a physical, it is, it it is an annual physical exam and you can't do that as a nurse practitioner. So I think, you know, we have a long way to go. Um, you know, I'm not, I am not saying that nurse practitioners are the solution to medicines, short, shortfall and shortcoming. Absolutely not. Um, it's, it's because of the physicians who work with us in the trenches that say, yeah, you need to do what you need to do so I can do what I need to do. And, you know, this perception that there's oversight of, of nurse practitioner and physician practice, you know, it, it's, there's collaboration. And, you know, you know, it's, it's been said, oh, you know, nurse practitioners don't know what they don't know. And, you know, I, I, I reject that. And, you know, are there some people who, who have that mindset? Of course. Are there others in other professions that have that mindset? Of course, too. So you know, I I I I hate to be at the battlefield, you know, because healthcare is hard enough, and right. if if we're battling with each other, we can't advocate for our patients, and and that's how I've approached it, and that's how I really try and resolve a lot of these differences and issues today.
0: And that's one thing I I I, I guess I I sometimes have difficulty understanding is. Uh, when physicians approach this with the perspective that I need to supervise you Mm -hmm. as opposed to a collaborative relationship where your colleagues working for, for the betterment of the patient outcome. Right. Right. Um, Right. So I think, I think that's where I've always, I I never understood that need that uh, I need to be in charge and that component. And And I don't understand that. And that's usually where my, feathers get ruffled even though I'm not a nurse practitioner and it doesn't affect, <laughs> affect me, but it's good. But, but thank you for explanation. And, and it's, sure. and it's really, it's really, uh, it's really good to have your perspective on this because you're on the grounds and you're practicing. Uh, so it's good to have, it's good to have that perspective. Um, sure. One of my guests uh, over the summer uh, uh, she's uh, from Canada and they get certain prescription authorities in Canada at a bachelor's level. Um, Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so it's just a matter of, are you educated for what you're doing? And if the answer is yes, you should be able to practice it. That's my view on it. So
1: absolutely. And there, and there are plenty of regulatory bodies that oversee the professions that if you are not safe. Um, then you shouldn't be doing what what it is you're doing, you know, right. and that goes for, for anyone. You know, there, there there are processes, and of course we don't want patients to get harmed in the process, but you know, to have this perception that, oh, this one profession is not safe because they don't know X, Y, or Z, you know, that's just, you know, I think it's a lot of um yeah propaganda, propaganda if you ask me. Yeah, uh, and I,
0: and I know I, even though uh, there's organizations that I know of uh, that have that try to incorporate uh, nurse practitioners in the clinic mm-hmm. sites uh, that they have. Uh, I also know physicians from those <laughs> organizations that lobby against it, right? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and that's I, I never understood, and, I, and I've never gotten a straight answer from people other than uh, you know what we, what we already discussed.
1: Right. Um, So,
0: so it's just a matter of, I think, I think knowing and, you know, looking at nurse practitioners, for example, you know, they serve uh, more underserved uh, communities. I mean, that, that's Mm -hmm. sort of a given uh, that, that they do that and they, they fill a need that uh, Mm -hmm. physicians are not filling. Um, so I think that it's important to have that perspective that if you do take that away, or if something does happen where that sc- scope of practice goes away, uh, there's a, we're creating an
1: access issue for a lot of individuals. That's right. That's right. And, you know, there, there, there's there been talk saying, oh, you know, nurse practitioners end up practicing in the same areas of, of physicians. And, you know, there there is data, there's Medicare data that shows otherwise. And the states that have a, um, mileage limit as to where the nurse practitioner can practice away from their, their supervisor or collaborating physician has an impact on those rural and underserved areas. So, you know, it's, 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 it's such a complicated scenario that it's there. And so many variables that, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, I am looking to, um, work together, uh, uh the job it is that i've been educated and prepared to do um and i would hope everybody else in the healthcare system is doing that as well
0: yeah yeah definitely and, and for, for the record there are a lot of physicians that do support this uh, absolutely so it's, it's not, absolutely. you know just some of them are louder than others so I think that, <laughs> that's why we hear sure. some more than others but i know a lot For of sure. physicians that support it and have and like you said the ones that work with you know what yeah. you can do and are perfectly okay with it uh with with uh, with uh, with the pr- practice uh so thank you um i do want to talk uh, to you a little bit about uh, sort of your career path um, mm-hmm. uh, how you came, uh, you know, um, like I like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you're a fellow of a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get your career? How did you get to the point where you're? Because those are all recognitions for achievements. They're not right. they're not handed out because you have memberships to an organization or anything like that. Right. They are recognition of achievements and success within uh, within your within your professional practice. Um, what led you? Uh, to be, uh, to be where you are, where you have, because, uh, if I didn't read off all the dates, but the dates for your fellowships go back for about 10 years that every <laughs> year or so you at, you tacked another one on, um, right. how do you, how do you get to the point where you are, uh, where you are being recognized, uh, by colleagues, uh, for yeah. having excellence in your practice? Um, how right. did you get there? Were there people involved? Was it a solo journey? What was it?
1: Uh, Definitely not solo. And uh, I do believe it was a village of supporters and mentors that really um, lifted me up and, you know, tried to make sure that the work that I was doing was recognized. And, um, you know, I would be lying if I said to you, I knew what I wanted to be, even when I became a nurse practitioner, Um, you know, to be, um in in the in the seats and the hats that I'm wearing. Um I I can't honestly say that it was um planned out by me. Um but I followed my passions and I followed the areas that um I would spend inordinate inordinate amount of times on um that was beyond my workday, right? So you know I became very involved with with the legislative process and you know found myself you know, reading up on the legislative process and 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 meeting with legislators and um, you know doing all of these other initiatives that you know I, it it became from that that I was just um, very dedicated to that goes beyond your regular quote unquote nine to five job and you know it was it was uh, for that that I became really involved in the Nurse Practitioner Association, New York State, which is the statewide association for NPs. And, you know, I I sort of look around and say, why isn't every nurse practitioner in the state a member of this wonderful organization? Why isn't every nurse uh, uh, a member of their respective specialty organization? And I will say this, um, not, organiza- not all organizations deserve to have membership. Uh, because they may not have been so responsive to the needs of the members in the past. And, you know, I, I think now we see this more, more than ever. But you need to be somewhere, right? And I do believe in the power and the strength in numbers. So if you're able to find, you know, like-minded individuals, a coalition of, of, of individuals that have this, you know, idea of where we should collectively be, um i think that's where you want to be and yeah. i think it's you're able to get a lot more done that way than than you are on an individual basis so that really fueled my passion for you know health policy which again is not something that i knew back in 2001 when i graduated as a family nurse practitioner that that's where i where i wanted to be um but it just became something that i was really drawn to um and and being able to say, or at least say that you had a little bit of a part in changing a, a either a state law or a federal law, I think that's pretty powerful. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, you, I, I do this because I want my profession to be better than it than it was when I started. Right? Like, I want I want to improve upon the current environment, and there's a lot of work to do. We we know this. There's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of work to do in many different areas, but you know, that's what, what fuels me. That's why I do what I do.
0: Yeah. Um, you you mentioned mentors along the way. Um, how did you, how did you stumble on them? Um, uh, because again, one of the reasons I, like I started this podcast, I was just not, talking to the right people, right? Like mm-hmm. even if you, like the people I wanted to talk to weren't around me, right? right. Uh, so this became a good forum for me to talk to people I wanted to talk to and learn from, but also share their experience with everybody else. So how do you, um, like, were you, ha- did you happen to be in a position where they had the office next to you and they just mm-hmm. took you under their wing or was that a, was that a proactive approach on your part to, uh, seek those individuals out where they could help uh, um, 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 improve, not improve, that's not the right word, uh, to help uh, elevate uh, your
1: platform? Right. right. Um, I would say in the beginning, it was more of what they saw in me versus mm-hmm. me knowing that I needed to look for mentors. So um, I had the extreme benefit of having you know, some people reach out to me and said, you know, I, I I appreciated your perspective on on uh, and your willingness to speak up on this issue, and it encourages you and it gives you sort of that permission to um, to do it again and and to to go forward with your convictions. Um, you know, that was really earlier in my career. Now um, I think it's it's amazing to be able to you know seek out people who you know or know of. And they respond to you, uh, and you know I find myself in a position now where people reach out to me, and I'm you know honored and flattered to do that. Um, the challenge is the time balance, and you know I wouldn't want to reach, I wouldn't want to work with someone if I can't give them the time that I believe I need to give to them in order to be successful. So that's kind of where I I struggle with that uh, mm-hmm. today. But um, but yeah, they they definitely saw something in me. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for them. And, uh, they, they were able to sort of, uh, drag me, if you will, uh, (laughs) to to the, to the next level. (laughs) Uh, It makes, it makes sense. Sometimes we have to be,
0: we have to be dragged into, into things we may not actually know we want to be in. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, you know, again, you know, back in the day, I wanted to see my patients and not get involved with everything else. Like, oh, I, I'm happy. Uh have my family and you know I don't need any of that stuff. Well, you know, here we are and I wear many hats now and you know I'm kind of going all day long but I don't consider it work. It's it's really it's really great things that I'm able um to be involved with today.
0: Uh you you mentioned you mentioned family. You are doing all this uh and you have a family. So yeah. how, how how does that work? How does that I have that? An ex-
1: <laughs> an extraordinarily supportive wife, um, who is also a nurse practitioner. Uh, we met, we met in NP school. Um, we had very similar sort of, uh, uh, paths in that she was a bio major at some, at, you know, we, we met in the, in the sort of, you know, in the nursing program. Um, so I, I can't say enough how, you know, supportive she has been and, you know taking care of the kids when you know I, I on on the weekends i was writing a dnp paper and having to do you know work or a conference call or a board meeting um so i i certainly owe it all to to my to my spouse to my wife
0: <laughs> and
1: um and you know I'm, I'm my kids are great you know i'm uh, i mean for the most part you know they're three kids <laughs> Uh, you know, they're they're you know three kids, and uh, but it, but it's all been good. I I do struggle. I'll be very honest in in finding that balance and being able to unplug. You know, somebody was telling me, "Oh, I'm just gonna unplug today," and I'm like, I don't think I've ever done that, and that's on me, right? Like that's my fault. And of course, I go on vacation, and of course, but. Um, I, I do, because it's, it's my fear of what am I going to return to? (laughs) Um, you know, how many messages am I going to be going through when I get back? So, you know, my mindset has been, well, if I can kind of, you know, triage and do some of the urgent ones and take care of this now, and I won't have to deal with it later. I'm sure that's not a good method. Um, but I haven't found anything else that works for me yet. Um, I'll still consider myself. A work in progress
0: uh, i i actually just uh did that uh not not necessarily unplug but not check work email for about a week and a half yeah and it drove me absolutely bonkers <laughs> not to check because i didn't it was it was actually actually it was causing i think more anxiety
1: yeah right for me right. than
0: not than if i had just checked it but i was trying to be more disciplined with not checking work email constantly i mean that's right it's a little bit uh, uh crazy that 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 exists in my head but it does exist right. in my head um i i didn't come back to come back to anything too bad but uh but yeah but the well, anxiety was causing me was just ridiculous
1: uh i definitely yeah, yeah.
0: work on that that's not normal
1: yeah I I had, I, that's not normal. Um, and I'm sure there's something, you know, that we should be doing to, um, to work on that. But, you know, I was going to take off quote unquote off, you know, the week after Christmas and between Christmas and new years. And then, you know, at, at, at work at Columbia university, you know, that's when, um, COVID vaccine started to become available. And now I'm you know, on calls and trying to make sure that my staff gets COVID vaccine in the primary care practice. I'm trying to make sure that the students have access to, you know, so it became this, oh, I'm going to lay low this week too. I was on calls all day long. I mean, and, you know, this is this is our challenge with, with the COVID vaccine today is that there's, you know, the guidance is changing literally by the hour. Um, and, you know, availability is an issue and which vaccine, you know, so there are just so many things that, you know, again, I, I, I like to think I'm helping out in, in a way and, you know, making others safer in, in the work that I'm doing, but, um, I am looking forward to someday soon to, <laughs> To totally unplug, Uh, wishful thinking,
0: right? Wishful. Yeah, yeah. I could Um, try. try. (laughs) Uh, Now, now you mentioned the COVID vaccine. I want to, and I know uh, you started to uh, do somewhat of a chat with some social media uh, nurses uh, um, with the COVID vaccine. What do you think, in your opinion? What do you think we we need to do from a nursing perspective? to really get the word out, um, to the communities. Uh, and I think part of it, part of, I think one of the biggest barriers for me is right now is I can't even find where I can get it. Right. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not bedside. So I definitely don't want to go to the front of the line and say, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm a nurse and give it to me because I'm not bedside. I don't have that risk, Uh, but I am in a, in a, another, I think I'm next in line right now, Uh, but there's there's no way for me to know when and who's giving it and how it's getting distributed. Other than the fact that the process, I think on a national level, this got rolled out. It was a little bit screwy. Uh, um, How do you think nursing can uh, really step in uh, from where we are and play a vital role other than giving the shot?
1: Yeah, I I think it needs to be a coordinated effort on the part of nursing. And that's what I attempted to try and start, Um, you know, just on social media. I'm a big Twitter user. So I, you know, try to leverage my my Twitter uh, uh, network. And, you know, we had a few conference calls that we were on. And, you know, I realized really early on that we're early Um, vaccines not available yet really broadly. But we still need to understand, and now is the time when we really need to do the work to um, communicate and be transparent in what we know about the vaccine and reach our communities. because th- this is what's always um, uh, made me sort of l- like there's this there's this uh, uh, idea that you know, nurses are the most trusted profession, right? The Gallup poll, is the poll that does this every year and for 19 years in a row, nurses have been rated the most trusted profession out of all the professions and the only year that it wasn't was 2001 after 9/11, when it was firefighters right so we have this history of being the most trusted profession, but. We're also the most invisible profession, if you ask me. Um, you know, now you could see, you could turn on, you know, any media and there's nurses, you know, giving interviews from the break room, from their cars. Um, and is that, are we doing justice to the profession um, if that's the only view of nursing? I don't think so. I think we need to have nurses on prominent you know, uh, uh, appearances that are talking about vaccine, that are talking to their communities, that they live and work. Um, so they could allay fears, that they could, you know, try and do their best to educate about where we are, the vaccine, and, and you know, tr- try and get over this, um, you know, horrific time in in, in public health. Uh, and we, that's what needs to happen. And, you know, I don't know who the person or who the organization is to take that by the horns and, and lead with it. But, um, and there's been, you know, there's been collaboration amongst health systems and they're doing it, but it's not in my opinion, um, you know, broad or effective enough. And, uh, that's where I think we need to be.
0: Uh, and, and I agree. Uh, it 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 does feel a, a bit clumsy uh, just because I, like you mentioned, uh, for me, it feels like we don't know who's in charge. Right. Right. Like the federal government passed on to the state. This state put out something. And I'm like, I'm, in my head, I'm like, we've been we've been at this for almost a year. The fact that we don't have a detailed plan
1: mm-hmm.
0: plan as to how this was going to roll out when the time came. do we Mm -hmm. not have a detailed plan and it's very general where everybody's kind of making stuff up sometimes it feels like people are just making stuff up as they're going along uh and uh, like with the numbers of vaccines available and who's getting it and how it's going to be distributed you know like somebody had mentioned uh oh like the vaccine vials have six doses in them but they're only getting five syringes i'm like well take another syringe and get the other dose out. Why are you why are you throwing right. out a dose? What? Right. Like the federal syringes don't look any different than the regular syringes.
1: No, they're no different. Uh, milliliter is a milliliter. A uh, is at a least milliliter. last time I checked, right?
0: Right. So I'm like why are you throwing out doses over the fact that the federal government didn't give you a sixth syringe? Right. That makes like right. like stuff like that that I'm like I'm like uh, just a little bit confused by. Um Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and you did you touched on something else that's been nagging me also is why are we seeing, we well, yes, it's important for us to see nurses um, at the bedside because we know they are struggling. We know it's been hard uh, on the bedside nurses. Uh, uh, we know it's been not just hard, extremely difficult. It's wearing them down mm-hmm. uh, uh, from every aspect uh, you can imagine um but why are we not seeing them in something other than bedside um and, and right. that's that's been and we've seen it a, a few times but uh, i think there's definitely room for us to see them more out of that why are we not having uh nurse practitioners uh doing some of those uh, can we talking to the communities as you mentioned because they are right. providing care in those communities why are we not seeing uh you know um uh, people that are doing some of the policy works and things like that, why are we not seeing them?
1: Um, so that's, yeah, that's it. And, and, and that's, uh, that has been my number one sort of driver for nursing is that you can be in any setting or in, in anywhere and, and, and work as, as a nurse or as a nurse practitioner. And, you know, I, it, it may sound so, somewhat counterintuitive, you know, to the, non, uh, nurse who, who, who sort of is looking at this from, from afar that I never wanted to work in a hospital. Like, you know, I, I did my, you know, I like to say I did my time in the hospital, but it is not the environment that I found most conducive to my style. So, you know, the beauty is, you know, there are just so many areas and aspects of nursing that you can find yourself in. And I think the ones that you can't find yourself in, you can make, um, and you can, you can make, you can make that role, um, make sense because healthcare affects us, everyone, everywhere, anytime. So, um, I, I think, you know, above and beyond, you know, that's really what, um, nursing is about.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's an, that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thank you. This, this is, this, this has been, this has been great. Um, now from a perspective of, um, uh, you do you do work with other organizations um, uh, how did you other than your desire to work and improve the profession how did you find yourself going that avenue and uh, in a in these some some of these cases actually leading the work um, mm-hmm. how did you find yourself doing that and
1: Yeah, I'm going to blame my mentors on that, too. Uh, You know, it was sort of uh, something that I I didn't know I wanted to be part of at the time. And maybe I was a little resistant um, in the beginning. But um, as I became more familiar, you know, I, you know, started out as like the membership chairperson of, of, of the statewide association and, you know, ran for treasurer, got really involved and understood, you know, not-for-profit organizations, which are, you know, there's so many nonprofits across, across the United States and just got to see board governance and, you know, what a board is supposed to do and what a board member is supposed to do. And you're not supposed to be, you know, out there in the nitty gritty and, you know, micromanaging the work that needs to be done, but you're setting direction. and And that's where I think it intersects with policy. And, you know, my my, my desire to improve health policy. I, I've, I've, I, I guess I was so involved with that, that I did become interested in the day-to-day operations. And, you know, that, um, led me to be fortunate to have an opportunity to apply as executive director of, you know, the statewide association for nurse practitioners in New York state. And I've been doing that since 2012 And then, you know, most recently, um, Jonas Nursing and Veterans Healthcare, which is a not for profit that, you know, funds uh, Jonas scholars who are uh, nurses going for their uh, doctoral degrees. um, That I've had the uh, organizational experience to sort of, you know, in an interim role, uh, 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 be able to assume that that position and really hit the ground running. Um, You know, I I do think. uh, organizations, they're, they're, they're different, but the work you do is pretty much the same, you know, raise money, <laughs> uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, fulfill the direction of, of your board. And, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, what, what, what I do. So, uh, fortunate again, uh, if I, I'd be lying, if I said that I mapped out all of these moves, um, some of them happened to come to me, so, some of them I pursued, um, but, you know, I think it's having the um, awareness and um, being open to to taking on new um, experiences and and I've been not one to shy away from that uh, almost to my detriment, right? You know, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning to say no to certain things and you know, things that are not necessarily, you know, in my wheelhouse or things that I, I am not as passionate about. So, you know that that's I, I've been, you know, again, very, very lucky to have been. In the positions i've been and you know i i would advocate um for anyone uh to keep an open mind and uh you know you don't know where where it may take you
0: uh, you touched on something um that i i i myself recently sort of uh came to the realization is learning to say no to things you're not mm-hmm. passionate about because it sort of kills everything uh, when yeah. you're involved in a project where you have no desire to be right. in a, some, some work we have to do, it's part of our job description and we have to do it. Uh, but there's other stuff that you don't necessarily have to be, uh, the lead on or even participate in where people will ask you because they know you're the go-to person if they want to get stuff done sometimes. Right. right.
1: And it so, makes me feel bad. Yeah. It makes you feel bad it, when they
0: say no. It does. It does. So, <laughs> it so yeah. Feel bad. <laughs> Lear, learning how to say to no no to some of those I think it's good for yes. not only the project or activity whatever it is, but also right. for you that you're not overwhelmed yourself. so that's that's a great great point and um, something sh- I struggle with that also by the way I yeah. struggle with that
1: also We're, we are works in progress. Uh, yeah I, you know we need to just try and be better um, the next day. <laughs> uh,
0: very true. Very true. Uh, I want to be cognizant of your time. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to give you a few minutes if you want to, if there's anything else you want to, uh, chime in on
1: or, or, uh, uh, talk about that we didn't cover. I think we covered a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, topics and, um, I do appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to help people. I do want to help nurses and, you know those uh, trying to advance their career. So you know I'm reachable on social media and you know in various platforms. And if there's something I can do, you know I I I, I want to be able to help and maybe at least point people in in the right direction or make a connection with someone else. So um, uh, Ali, uh, I appreciate the time and you know you, you choosing to interview me for for your great podcast. And um, yeah, I I certainly look forward to continuing our work together in our various circles and uh and it's been it's been very good
0: great thank you so much uh and i appreciate you uh sharing your time with us uh and uh, i learned a lot uh i was you know uh, like i said one of the reasons i do the podcast is because so i get to talk to the people i want to talk to uh, right. so, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's always beneficial for me i don't know if it's the other way around
1: uh, so no, this is great. I appreciate
0: it. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to help, uh, uh, show your work and your, uh, and, and your, uh, career path. I know it's valuable for a lot of people that listen to the podcast and, uh, everybody seems to, uh, take away a little bit of something from each podcast. So I appreciate that. And that's why we do what we do. Right.
1: Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you so much.
0: Uh, you have been listening to the RN Mentor podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in again to our first episode of season three. Thank you very much and have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to the RN Mentor with your host, Ali Taya Please don't forget to visit www.aliartayeb.com. That's www.aliartayeb.com for podcast notes and resources. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I wish you fair winds and following seas.